Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Shalom, Yashallah. And once again, you're now under the sounds of the voice of the Israelite school of Yahweh. Yahweh Shah, coming to you out of the city of Durham, North Carolina, the North Carolina area. Um, tonight we have a very interesting show, um, and you know, hopefully, um, the callers would actually, um, you know, get some feedback. And to those of you that's in the North Carolina area, whether you be in Durham, Raleigh, Cary. Um, you know, we invite you to come out to our sanctuary in Durham, North Carolina, 3019 Fayetteville Road. That's the Israelite School of Yahweh and Yahweh Shah, 3019 Fayetteville Road, Durham, North Carolina, 27702. 27702. That's the Israelite School of Yahweh and Yahweh Shah. In Durham, North Carolina, 319 Fayetteville Road. Now, tonight's show um, is actually based on Second Edges, the 14th chapter, verse 16. But before we actually go into the topic, you know, as I usually like to do for those um, new listeners that may be um, tuning in, and those people that may be tuning in and may not, realize that they are actually Israelites. I like to go over the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, Yasha Allah. When you read the Bible and get a proper understanding, the so-called Negroes is the tribe of Judah, Yahweh, the Most High, Abanawa, thanks you. The so-called West Indians is the tribe of Benjamin, Benyamin, the son of the light. When you read the Bible and get an understanding, the so-called Haitian people, our brothers and sisters in Haiti, is the tribe of Levi, Lawa, attached, joined to me. The so-called Dominicans, our brothers and sisters of Negro descent in the Dominican Republic, is the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Simeon. Samoa, affliction, heart. Our brothers and sisters of Negro descent in Guatemala all the way to Panama is a tribe of Zebulun, Zabalawan, dwelling. The so-called Puerto Ricans, brothers and sisters of Negro descent, is a tribe of Ephraim, when you read the Bible and get understand, Apawalam. I am fruitful. The so-called Cubans of Negroid descent is the tribe of Manasseh, Manasseh, made to forget. 
the so-called North American Indians is a tribe of God when you read the Bible and get understanding. God, a true fortune. The so-called Seminole Indians is a tribe of Reuben, Rabawa. Excuse me. See, it is a son. And our brothers and sisters of Negroid descent from Columbia to Uruguay is a tribe of Asher, Asha, Happy. Our brothers and sisters of Negroid descent from Argentina all the way to Chile is a tribe of Nafatali, Napatala, my wrestler. All the way down to the so-called Mexican people of Negroid descent is a tribe of Issachar, Yashika. He is higher when you read the Bible and get a proper understanding. Now, tonight's show is based on Second Edges, the 16th chapter. For yet greater evils than those which thou hast seen shall be done hereafter. And, you know, what the scripture is saying is you think that you've seen evil or you think that the days of times past was evil, according to this scripture, greater evils than what you've seen is going to come to pass. It's going to happen in the hereafter. And to those of you that's not aware of it, the Apocrypha is 14 books that was actually taken out of the Holy Scriptures by the Roman Canaan Society. But you can get the Apocrypha. Um, if you get a King James 1611, you will see that it's actually there. Or you could, um, you know, get the Apocrypha. You could purchase an Apocrypha um, that, you know, without the 1611. But again, I mean, you know, those are 14 books that was actually taken out of the Bible by the Roman Canaan Society because of the truths that it result. Now, so according to the scripture, things are going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. And we can see all of these things happening. Like, you know, some of you are like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? You know, and many of you, I'm going to say this to you. Some of you, you tune into this radio show week after week after week. Um, you know, you listen to, you know, truth, the new hate speech. And, um, and some of you are locally in North Carolina, but you won't come to the sanctuary. You won't come to the school because you do not want to keep the Lord's statutes and commandments of the Most High because you don't want to live right. And the Most High is going to deal with you. The Most High is going to deal with you. Many of you, you know that this is the truth and what we teach is the truth, but you just don't want to submit to the will of the Most High. So Ezekiel chapter 33 and 31 says, And they come unto thee as people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do this. You know, um, Ambassador and Kahan Yakanah. Ambassador and Kahan Obadiah. Ambassador and Kohan Mori Shael. Ambassador and Kohan Shaor. 
be on this show along with me, Ambassador and Kohan Tazadat, week after week after week after week, teaching you the truth. And many of you say, ah, you them brothers, they teach the truth. I like your show, brother. But you won't support it. Many of you, you listen to us week after week after week. You won't even donate towards the sanctuary. Many of you don't want to obligate yourself because you don't want to keep these law and statutes and commandments. You look to us as we some um, entertainers. Man, we ain't no damn entertainers. This is about your salvation. This is not entertainment. Yeah, yeah, you brothers keep the truth. Keep the truth. Keep doing what you're doing. So Ezekiel 31, I mean 3331, I'm going to get it again. And they come unto thee as the people come. And they sit before thee as my people. And they hear that word. You hear the word. You hear this truth that we teach week after week after week. But they will not do that. You will not submit. You will not submit to the will of the Most High. You will not submit to the apostle priesthood that the Heavenly Father, Abba has set up, has established in North Carolina, even though many of you are right here in North Carolina. You make excuses. Brother, come over to the school. You went by the rally. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. Got to work. Huh? Come on over, brother. We got a troop program. We start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be. Nigga, you ain't going to do nothing. But the most high see you. The most high see you. Let's read on. For with their mouth, they show much love. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you brothers are on point. Yeah, I love your show. I, I love the show. I, but you're not showing any kind of support. You won't even donate. You won't even donate $2. Shame on you. Shame on you. But their hearts go after the covetedness. Their hearts go after your envious sins. You can't get along. Brothers can't get along with other Israelites. Some of them have been in the truth for years. Can't get along with your brother. Verse 32. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice. They say, yeah, I love Kohan Yakanan's voice, man. He got a deep, strong, baritone voice. Brother, show can't read those scriptures. <laughs> but you won't show your support. You won't submit to the Lord's statutes and commandments and can play well on an instrument. So you look to us like we some damn rock singers or entertainers. Yeah, them brothers show no scriptures. But this is about your salvation, huh? Akja? Akwapa? For they hear thy words, but they do them not. They do them not. You got animosity with your brother, and you're talking about love. But you can't get along with your brother. Verse 33. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet had been amongst them. When these things come to pass, we've been prophesying. Again and again, you've seen us on the streets, you hear us on the show, prophesying a thing that's going to come to pass, and you see it come to pass, and you still won't come over to the sanctuary, and you still won't submit yourself to the will of the Most High. You still won't submit yourself to the will of the Most High. You see us prophesy against America, and then you watch those things come to pass. But you're still playing games. 
you still won't come in. And, and many of you listen to the show, and you won't say a word. You won't even ask questions. You're on the line mute, just listening. Or many of you listening by your computer won't say a word. So, I mean, you know, you are going to acknowledge that we are the men of the Most High and the priests of the Most High and the prophets of the Most High. Because just as the days of old, as those prophets prophesied and things came to pass, you see us in the streets and on these highways and byways prophesying against America, which is a great city, just like the great cities of the past, and you see these things from the past, but you still won't come to this truth. You still won't submit to this truth. Many of you, you're lukewarm. You, 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 you got one foot in and one foot out. Book of Jeremiah 28, verse 8. The prophets that have been before me, yeah, the prophets that's been before Kahan Yachanan, before um, Kahan Obadiah, Kahan Shaul, the prophets that's been before me, before thee of old, prophesied both against many countries. Is that not what we do? Is that not what we've been doing for years now? We've been doing the same thing as the ancient prophets did. Is not America a great city, a great country? Do we not prophesy against her just like the prophets of old? And against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. We tell you about all of this stuff. The Negro preacher is not telling you this. Many of you are caught up in the Christianity. Many of your family members, and I hope that you're on the line listening right now. Um, I, I hope many of you are on the um, line right now listening, um, like um, the brother Matia be trying to get you know family members to tune in, and they trying to mock the brother and knock him down. Don't you know that brother's trying to save your soul? Christianity is not going to save you. Christianity, modern-day Christianity, I'm going to tell you straight, is of the devil. It's of the devil. Egyptology is of Satan. Islam is of Satan. Now, you can like that, understand it, believe it or not. If you're not worshiping the God of the Bible, Abinawa, you're not worshiping the Most High. You're not worshiping the God. Book of Matthew 24, verse 2. And Yahweh said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, that was Hamas Yah prophesying the destruction of this temple in 70 AD. Did that not come to pass? That came to pass. That came to pass. And you see us in the street, you know, time after time prophesying. You see Israelites all over America prophesying, but a lot of you so-called Negroes are caught up into all of these different philosophies because you don't want to submit to the will of the Most High, first three. And he said upon the month of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? So they was asking Hamashiach, when is going to be your second coming? What's going to be the sign of your second coming? and the end of the world. Now, many of you, a so-called Christian will read that and say, oh, well, the world's going to end? No, it doesn't mean that. It's talking about rulership. It's talking about the rulership of Esau, out of one. Because we read in Ecclesiastes that one generation come, you know, 
but that earth abideth forever. We read that. So we know the world is not going to be destroyed. It's talking about rulership. Their world. Verse 4. And Yahweh shot answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now why would he have to tell them that? Take heed that no man deceive you. That means there was going to be some ones out there trying to deceive you, trying to tell you this is the way. Follow me. Follow Christianity. The Negro, ah, ha. And I come on over here and worship us, ha. They're trying to deceive you. They deceive you. And many of you, you're following that spirit. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, all of you Christians that's on this call, I want you to think about this and reflect upon what I'm about to say about the scripture. I'm going to read it again. Matthew 24, verse 5 says, Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Who comes in Christ's name? Christians. Christian, Christ. Christian, Christ. They come in his name, and they have deceived many of you, thinking that that is the truth, telling you that, hey, this is the truth. And you wonder why things have not changed for you after all of these years. Matthew 10, 5, these 12, Yahweh Shah sent forth and commanded them, saying, go ye not into the way of the Gentiles, we're not supposed to be out here trying to teach these other nations. You've got some Israelite camps that love to try and, you know, save the nations. they got this love the nation spirit. I'm not quite sure where this love the nation spirit comes from, but Hamashiach said, these 12 sent Hamashiach forth and commanded them, saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles, into any city of the Samaritans, into ye not but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Yahshua Allah, of Israel. So um, why did he call you lost sheep? Because you think you're Christians, because you think you're Egyptologists, because you think you're Muslims, because you think you're all these different um, um, philosophies, you know, besides what you really are, a Hebrew Israelite. A Hebrew Israel what? I'm going to read Matthew 24, verse 5 again. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And that's why many of you are caught up into the false philosophy of Christianity. You're caught up into this false philosophy of Christianity. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And all of these are the beginning of sorrows. So Hamashiach is just talking the same language that Edges was talking in Second Edges 14 and 16. For greater evils then those which thou hast seen happen shall be done hereafter. Confirming it. Fulfilling the scriptures again. Fulfilling the scriptures again. Let's go over to Second Edges. I'm not going to be much longer. Second Edges 9, the ninth chapter. 
the four first. <clears throat> Last week, second edges, the ninth chapter, verse one to two. He answered me then and said, measure thou the time diligently in itself. And when thy sea is past, part of the signs past, which I have told thee, then shall thou understand. And these things that I warned you about come to pass, then you're going to understand. But it's going to be too late for many of you because you don't want to keep these laws, statutes, and commandments. That is the very same time wherein the highest, the highest meaning Abunawa, will begin to visit the world which he made. Do you understand what that means? Do you know what that means? All of you that's not in this truth and not keeping these laws, statutes, and commandments, you're going to be put to death. Therefore, when thou shalt be seen earthquakes and uproars of the people in the world, and we're seeing that right now, but things are going to get worse. All you have to do is look at the current events. Look at all these things that's going on. They, 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 they're talking about, um, oh, snow, more snow. Hey, just read some of the headlines. It's saying from bad to worse, winter storm coming. Right now, it's 76 degrees today in North Carolina. They're talking about a winter mix tomorrow. Explain that. Matthew 24, verse 7. For nations shall rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. These nations hate us. When we're out in the street prophesying, they hate us. They hate those that rebuke in the dead gate. Second Edges 5, verse 1. Nevertheless, as coming the tokens, behold, the day shall come that they which dwell on the earth shall be taken in great number. Well, what does that mean, Tyler Doc? That means our people are being taken in great number by these different philosophies, by Christianity, now even Egyptology, and Islam. You're taken in great numbers, and the way of the truth shall be hidden, and the land shall be barren of faith. All of this is coming to pass. Why will the land be barren of faith? Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Abinawa. See, there is going to be a period, brothers and sisters, when the men of the Most High stop teaching. Go read the book of Amos 8 and 11. There's going to be a period that the Most High put a famine in the land that you're going to wish that you had listened. Second Edges 5 and 6. But iniquity shall be increased above that which thou, which now thou seest, or that thou Thou has heard long ago. So things are going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. So, brothers and sisters, you know, I warn you, you know, submit yourself to the will of the Most High. You know, return to the Lord's statutes and commandments. If you have swayed away or if you never kept them, you better submit your will to do the Most High's will Keep these laws, statutes, and commandments. And if you know this truth, and you got family members that you've been trying to um, 
you know, reach and you're unable to reach him, it is your duty to refer them to this radio show that comes on every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time so that the men of the Most High could try and reach those brothers and sisters that you've been unable to reach. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to um, um, Kahan Ambassador Yakanan. I'm going to say I'm Shalom. Shalom. Kohan, Yashara. Kohan Tazadak spoke well in the spirit. Um, again, it's an honor and a privilege to come before the, the people, the servants of the Most High, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, and to get an opportunity to speak every Wednesday uh, to be able to do this in the uh, name of Yahweh, Yahweh Shah. And without any uh, further ado, you know, this is a powerful time for us because the scriptures are prophetic and they're speaking something directly to his people and they're warning us. So I'm not going to be very long, but staying with the theme tonight, you know, when you look at that second Exodus chapter 14, uh, again, verse 16, it says, For yet greater evils than those which thou hast seen happen shall be done hereafter. And so this, this is a telltale sign. This is an oath, according to the Hebrew. This is a signal that the Most High is letting us know, man, that it's getting worse. And we see it getting worse. In the schools, you know, they're telling young boys to basically accept, be accepting of, you know, anal acceptance, man. That's what they're teaching children. And, you know, we see that it's already increasingly getting worse, things that we never thought, or at least I never thought, in this lifetime, they would be talking about. I never thought that it would get so bad that they would that it, they would actually legalize homosexual marriage, man, lesbian marriage. So we see that things are getting worse. Verse 17 of that second Ezra chapter 14 tells us, "For look how much the world shall be weaker through age; so much the more shall evils increase upon them that dwell therein." So we know that evils are coming to. Are the wicked of our people, we know definitely that they're coming to the heathen, and we see how they need a weak in the world uh, with the ozone layer and all this, uh, all the things that they do. You know, these dumping grass, these chemical dumping grass, things that we many of us are not aware of. But this man has a habit of destroying everything that he touches. The uh, gene splicing, uh, genetic modifying with the foods. He's doing all types of things, uh, crossbreeding animals. Uh, you know, causing animals to be extinct. So through age, man, as long as this man has control of the planet, the so-called white man, then this is what's going to happen. So what do we need to do in knowing all this? What is, what is Kohan Tazadak? What is Kohan Yakanai? What, what are the rest of the men of the Most High saying tonight? Well, one of the things we got to begin to do is to let go from the mortal thoughts. When you go to Second uh, Ezra chapter 14 and verse 14, it says, let go from the mortal thoughts. Cast away thy burdens off, man, burdens of man. Put off now the weak nature. Because many of us are still, even though we say we're Israelites, we still have a strong affection for this world. And for those that are, are Christians, you're definitely uh, incorporated and indoctrinated to this, this very system that is getting weaker through age. So again, verse 14, you got to let go from the mortal thoughts. Carnal thoughts, man. Stop thinking about what you can get. Stop thinking about what Jay-Z has to say. Stop thinking about what Beyonce is doing. And think about what the Most High is telling us according to these scriptures. We got the evidence. Verse 13 of that same chapter, 
Second Ezra 14:13. Now therefore, set thine house in order, and reprove thy people, and that's what we do as Israelites. This is our responsibility as men who have graduated from being uh, sons of our fathers, but sons to the law, statutes, and commandments to the Torah. Comfort such of them as being troubled, and that's what we're doing tonight. Some of you take this truth for cruelty, and that we're angry at our people, but what we're actually doing is bringing comfort, because this speaks of the salvation that's coming to our people. And, and the only way that you're going to be delivered is through these laws, statutes, and commandments. Again, I won't be much longer, but verse 13 says, Now therefore set thine house in order and reprove thy people. That's the responsibility of, of a righteous man, of a teacher, of a father. He's supposed to instruct his people. We're supposed to reprove them. Comfort such of them as be in trouble. And that's what we're doing tonight. For all you Israelites, man, we're comforting you because the day of trouble is coming. And, and it's here. And now renounce corruption. And we have to uh, renounce corruption. So one of the other things, we have to realize that all the things that we do, we're going to have to give account of, and we're going to have to suffer these things after, after death. I'm going to give you the book of Second Ezra chapter 9, verse 11. And they that have loathed my law while they had yet liberty, and when as yet place of repentance was open unto them, understood not, but despised it. And that's many of our people, man, even many that are listening. You despise it. We say it, but you won't do it. That's what it means to despise. But we're comforting those that are in trouble today. We're telling you to come back to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Heavenly Father so that you may live. Let's go to verse 12 of 2nd Ezra 9. The same must know it after death by pain. So for those of us that rejected the law, statutes, and commandments, man, we're not going to get away. You're going to suffer after death, man, through pain. Verse 13, and therefore... Be thou not curious how the ungodly shall be punished. We think too much on them, man. We worry too much about how the ungodly are prospering or oh, what's going to happen to them. I don't see nothing happening. Let's read it again, verse 13. And therefore be thou not curious how the ungodly shall be punished and win, but inquire how the righteous shall be saved whose the world is and for whom the world is created. And that's talking about nobody else than the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And let's get the book of Proverbs 2.7, and then I'm going to be done. All praises to the Most High. Proverbs 2 and 7. Uh, he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. No, those that reject the truth. To those that walk uprightly, those that walk in their own imagination, those that walk uprightly, that's the good news or the, the great news or the tawab news. That's the truth of these scriptures. Verse 8, he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. That's not by doing what you want to do. That's doing what he instructs us to do. And let's go to Proverbs uh, 7 and 2. I know I said that was it, but I, this is it right here. Proverbs 7 and 2. It says, Keep my commandments and live, and my law is the apple of the eye. But that's one of the things, if we want to live, and the Hebrew word for live is hayah, and it means to exist and thrive. If we want to continue to thrive in a world that is being destroyed and growing worse and waxing worse and worse and worse, teachers are going worse and worse and worse. We got men uh, that are teaching seducing doctrines, taking people away from the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, not dealing with any moral fiber, but dealing with all these elusive doctrines that don't have anything to do with salvation. He's the Most High says, keep 
my commandments and live, continue to thrive. That don't mean that you just walk around with your pants hanging off your behind and you got some food and a place to stay. You know, no, that's not what it's talking about because we just read that you're going to suffer pain after death, man, because you rejected these laws So and these warnings, which is really comforting our people. Keep my commandments and live, and my laws is the apple of thine eye. And with that, I say shalom. Yeah. Okay, come. Yeah, shalom. Uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, Brother Obadiah just going to come in and uh, just kind of going along with the theme tonight uh, that the priest was speaking of. And uh, I want to start off with Jeremiah 6, Jeremiah 6 and 19. Come. Jeremiah 6 and verse 19. And it reads, it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thought, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And the, the issue and the problem that we have as a nation uh, is the, the breaking of the, the commandments, the breaking of the law, the breaking of the covenant contract that we made with the Most High. And that broken promise is what's haunting us. That's the 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 root of all our problems uh, as a people. And that's what we got to get back to. And I started off with that verse to say, you know, there is a lot of people who commend us for the work that we do in the Most High. Not that we do this for, people's, uh, for people to give us a, 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 hat, a clap or a hand or, you know, a, a helping hand or just to say that they like what we do. We do this because the Most High has commissioned us to do this. But you got a lot of our people who actually really do hate us, as Tazadak was bringing up. You know, they're angry with the men of the Most High because we bring out uh, the scriptures and speak the truth. But I wanted to, you know, one of the things I like to put out there is, you know, really, when you come up against the men of the Most High, you're coming up against the Most High's word because it's not like we're speaking things that of our own thoughts or what we want to say. Uh, more so than we are just coming with what the scriptures say. And I think that should be at the forefront. And it shows, you know, the type of person that you are. Because when you hear laws, statutes, commandments, you hear getting right, do things right, you hear structure, you hear discipline, you hear order, and then your thoughts are to be angry or to be upset, that just really goes to show what your true nature and your true character is. And the Most High is going to punish you for that. He's going to punish you for that. The problem with our people is that we're not humble. Let me get, uh, I'm going to get Jeremiah 44 and 10. A lot of uh, brothers who are, say they're Israelites, this, that, and the third, they don't truly walk in the law, statutes, commandments, so they get upset when the men of the Most High speak out against that, speak out against not keeping the commandments, speak out against hypocrisy, speak out against saying that you're one way and doing something different. You know, your walk, your the way you walk, in the Hebrew, the word direct there, as far as how you conduct yourself, you're perverse. And so when we come out and speak against us, you want to get mad. But Jeremiah 44 and 10 says, They are not humble, even unto this day, neither have they feared nor walked in my law. And again, when somebody corrects you or chastises you based on the law or rebukes you, and your first notion to that is to be angry 
that shows you the type of character that you have. You are not humble before the Most High. You don't fear him, and you're not, uh, your desire is not unto the Most High, and it shows forth in your actions. So Jeremiah 44 and 10 says, They are not humble even unto this day, neither have they feared nor walked in my law, nor in my statutes that I set before you and before your fathers. Verse 11 says, Therefore thus saith the Most High of hosts, the Mighty One of Israel, Behold, I will set my face against you for evil. And that's, that's, the, that's the, the thing. You know, despite how you feel about it, whether you like it, believe it or not, if you don't conform yourself and get the desire to do so to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, the Most High himself is against you. His face is against you for evil. According to Isaiah 45 and 7, evil comes from the Most High, contrary to popular demand. Satan can't just run up in your house, tear up your household, cause all kind of mischief, you know, around you without the Most High's approval. That's the Most High that's setting his face against you. For all you uh, brothers and sisters who don't want to comply to the law, you know, it's the Most High that's doing that. It's not, uh, it's not Satan so much Satan without the power of the Most High. No, he's, he's operating with, with the ability and the, and the full-blown authority of the Most High to come and attack you because you don't want to walk in the law. And lastly, you know, men of the Most High, it's, again, we shouldn't be concerned with people's reactions. You know, a lot, of, a lot of brothers, it's just something that's been on my mind about how people get upset with you when you tell them the truth. Whether you uh, come at them forcefully, like my brother Tazadok do, or whether you talk more on the, uh, I guess, to be low-key, some, someone like myself. Either way, when those scriptures hit you, you get to burning. <laughs> you get upset. You get angry because you don't like what they say, because your heart is not right. And until you get your heart right and you have a desire for the Most High, it's only evil is all you're going to experience in this life. And the Most High had better things planned for us. So I'm going to get Jeremiah 31 and 33. And this is a scriptural prophecy. You know, this is what the Most High said, not men said, but Jeremiah 31. Matter of fact, I'm going to start at 31. The Most High said, Behold, the days come, saith the Most High, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Most High. 33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Most High. I will put my law in their inward part. This is talking about his Torah, the law, statutes, and commandments. The Most High said he was going to put them on our inward parts, and then it goes on to say, and write it on their hearts. So this is the type of mindset, the type of desire that his people are going to have in the last days, those he's chose. But you got the two-thirds of our people that's going to be destroyed, and they're not going to make it. But for those who have set their heart and their minds and they're looking to serve the Most High, this is how you're going to operate. You know, you shouldn't be upset if a brother corrects you according to the law. You should be happy. You should be glad that he, that he lets you know so you can get on it, you know, and write it in their hearts and will be their mighty one. They shall be my people. So the prophecy is saying that the Most High is going to put his law in our inward parts. He's going to write it on our hearts, which is in the Hebrew is lead. That's your mind. And, and he will be your power. That's, that's how it works. He's not the mighty one of disobedient people. You can't call on him and then don't do what he say. 
How does that work? You are serving of the Most High, but you don't obey him. You don't keep his law. And and for some of you, you talk about it. You talk a well game, but you don't keep them. And I got news for you. The Most High is not your power unless you actually keep his law, statutes, and commandments. If you are purposely, you know, willfully sinning and breaking his law, statutes, and commandments, his face is against you for evil. That's how the scriptures read. Okay? And then lastly, again, as men of the Most High, it says in Psalms 56 and 11, and I'm about to finish with, you know, for now, but Psalms 56 and 11, it says, in the Most High have I put my trust. I will not be afraid of what men can do unto me. And, you know, for all the brothers and sisters out there that are teaching the truth and brothers coming up against you for whatever reason and you, and you feel like you're not being received and you're just always concerned with what people think, you might as well go ahead and get out of that mind frame as an as a obedient Israelite and lean on to pleasing the Most High. As it says in Sarah, the second chapter, those that love him are going to seek to please him and do what's right in his sight. So the psalmist said in 56.11, in the Most High I will put my trust. I will not be afraid of what men can do unto me. The book of Acts, chapter 5 and 29, says similar. Acts 5 and 29, it says, and now the Most High, behold their threatenings. Uh, let's see, I'm sorry, I'm in 4. That's 5 and 29. Acts 5.29, it says, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey the Most High rather than man. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. It matters that you obey the Most High, not people. And remember, uh, all the brothers and sisters out there, Revelations, the 20th chapter, 12 and 13, said we're going to be judged based on the things that's written in the book, based on this, the word that we have, based on the law, statutes, and commandments. That's the governing body for our nation. You know, unless we keep that, unless we walk in that, and do what it says. We won't, we won't gain access to the kingdom that's coming, and we won't have them as our power, and we're going to be adding on more atrocities and afflictions and various evils going to be coming our way because we don't keep his law. So that's all I have for right now. Con, con, con. Maury Shio, are you on the call? Shalom, my Ashar Karim. Yeah, I'm on the call. I, you know, definitely I'm gonna uh, wait for the Q and A uh, section. See yeah, I'm, I'm about to bring it out there. I thought uh, you might have something you want to, um, you know, bring out. But um, uh, I guess we'll we'll go ahead and open it up for some questions. Brother um, Mikea, Alabama. What you got, huh? Shalom. How you doing, Just getting huh? in from working out right now, man. No complaints here. Thanks for walk. No complaints at all. Uh, I ain't got nothing right now at this present time. I'm just trying to get settled, uh, getting in from work and working out and all. Give me a few minutes and I'll come right back to you. Get back to me. All right. All right. Sure. Thanks for tuning in. Calling from Central Florida. Brother, what you got, brother? Central Florida. Yep. Oh, Shalom. Shalom, brother. How you doing? Your, your line's open. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, just listening in right now. Um, uh, did some research, and I found out that my family is actually from um, North Carolina. Good. And, Good. Uh, yeah. But uh, I was also doing some research 
Well, my sister did some research and found out that my great grandfather, my great great grandfather, actually uh, a black Moor from Scotland. So I was wondering, um, how does that fit in with the twelve tribes? All right. You know, um, I mean, some you know, when when some people use more, it depends on how we use. You know, a, a lot of them are taking it now, and you know, they're making it um, nationality, but um, essentially, more was just one of the um, words that they actually used to describe, you know, so-called black people. Now you got to understand that you have Moors that were so-called Christians, you had Moors that were so-called Jews. And you had Moors that follow um, Islam because many of them was actually um, forced to convert. So, I mean, you know, um, but it, it, it kind of all goes back. You know, a lot of the um, Moors um, brothers and sisters was essentially um, Israelites. And many of them are, and they don't know it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that could uh But then on the flip side of that, when you trace the history of a lot of those Moors that was in the Islam, they literally had so-called blacks as slaves. They had blacks as slaves. So, you know, it depends on, you know, um, which group of Moors that, you know, you know that you, you actually affiliate with. But some Moors did actually have blacks as so-called blacks. I'll say so-called blacks as slaves because many of them, you know, they made a treaty with, you know, the Muhammad um, a Sultan. So Moors was essentially looked at was looked upon as free white people. And the word white at that particular time had nothing to do with, you know, um, skin color. It refers to status. When you actually look it up, you know, in, in the language of law, white is actually a status. Um, you know, black, it, it's, you know, um, it, is everything negative. White is everything positive. So if you was considered to be a, of a white status, then you was not considered to be a slave. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's where that is. But you, you have yeah, he was else? considered a, a free color person. Uh, he did it. Uh, he, I guess he served time as an indentured servant. Well, uh, if they referred to him as a colored person, then he wasn't actually free. I mean, he could have been free. Um, from, you know, his perspective of thinking about colored people was actually never free because NBCs, Negroes, Blacks, Coloreds, those are actually essentially bywords. Um, African-Americans, that's another byword. So, I mean, if you refer yourself to anything like that, according to their constitution, um, you know, the 14th Amendment, then you are essentially a slave. You think you're free, but you're not free because you have what is known as privileges and you don't have rights. Like, if you are a Negro, black, colored, if you refer to any of those things, um, according to their constitution, then you're not really free. That's where they came out with things like civil rights and the Dr. King, um, you know, movement and all of that, because you actually waiver your rights for what is known as privileges, you know, and a privilege is actually granted to you um, by someone else. Um, so that means that person that grant you that privilege could also take it away. Case in point, um, you know, X amount of years, they have to decide whether or not they're going to continue to allow so-called black people or so-called Negroes or African-Americans to vote. Now, if they vote that, well, we're not going to allow 
no longer let these people vote, then you won't be allowed to vote anymore. Why? Because you are a 14th Amendment citizen, and that makes you, you know, being Negro, black, colored, African-American. But if you say yourself, you know, well, I'm an Israelite, then, you know, that's a whole different um, animal. Or I'm a Moor, that's a whole different animal because the 14th Amendment does not really apply to them because you're not, you're not uh, you know, addressing yourself as a person because that's what they really are, persons. When you really break it down and read that language, they're persons and they're not one of the people. And a person is a thing, and a thing is property. So, therefore, people can't, I mean, property can't own property. So if he referred to himself as a free Negro, he really wasn't free. He was just a Negro that was actually given the privilege to, like, go around and think that he's free. But if he used the term Negro, then he essentially was someone else's property because a person is property. So when when they came out with the 14th Amendment, that was one of the worst things that they'd done to us. And with the 14th Amendment, they made, they made so-called white people slaves as well. So um, when even the so-called white people refer to themselves as citizens of the United States, then that places them under that same thing as a so-called black slave. But, it, you know, it's too much to cover on that. I don't really want to go into a lot on that because it's, like, from a whole different perspective. So to kind of, like, just stay on the topic. No problem, Con. Of course. Elder Matthew, Elder Matthew. Elder Matthew, are you on, are you on the call? Yes, I am. Shalawama. Yeah, Shalawama. How are you? Uh, the Lord is good to me, and thank you, and all all praises to the Lord power in Israel, in Yahweh's name, blood and stripe. That's where I'm standing, listening to the brothers that I cherish. I cherish y'all. You're so precious, man. I listen to you all the time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice. No, I'm calling from North Carolina. Um, uh, there's a caller from North Carolina. I'm not exactly sure which part, but your line is open. If you have any kind of questions, any kind of input, anything you would like to bring out, um, your line is open. Caller from North Carolina. Shalom, shalom. This is Brother Yassam in Israel, man. For some reason, my ID ain't working. Which, yeah, man, I was just uh, just into the show, listening, man, getting this goodness and just taking it in, man. Um, yeah, I was trying to find this verse in Proverbs where it was saying that, um, you know, the Lord love, you know, you know, uh, about correction is basically, um, you know, and how. I got caught up, but I, it was basically saying that, um, you know, it was about wisdom and taking it in and how that a man of understanding will hear correction and, and take it, you know, take it in. Con, 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 con. Whereas, you know, and then I, I totally agree with that, man. I mean, when, you, when you're when being corrected, man, you shouldn't get offended by it, you know. You should, you should take it in and, and, and listen and accept it and apply it to your life. And that's all I got right now, bro. 
Good. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for calling in, brother. Caller from the great state of Mississippi. The great state of Mississippi. We have um, um, two callers from Mississippi, and both of your lines are open. And um, I always, you know, um, I, I, I have a high form of respect for brothers from Mississippi and Alabama and places like that, the deep south, because you had to deal with the worst kind of Edomites, man. They, they had an intense hatred for our people. So, you know, I salute you, brother. Uh, shalom. <laughs> How you doing? Shalom, brother. Shalom. Yeah, it's brother Ben. Hey, brother Ben, how's it going, brother? Oh, everything is well. How's everything in North Carolina? Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's so okay. I mean, as good as it can be. You know, I haven't ran into no lynch mob or nothing yet, but, you know, I'm still running <laughs> the South. I'm still running the dirty South. I understand yeah. it could be pretty dirty. Uh, I have a question on Second Corinthians chapter... Uh, Six seventeen, verse seventeen, and yeah, verse seventeen. Uh, the question is, how do we pretty much come out from among the heathen totally and and you know serve God like we come out of Egypt uh, as a whole? Well, I mean, that, was, that you know. There is no place on the earth. You know, you got Israelites that say, well, let's pack up and let's go to a remote land and um, let's get out from amongst these people. But um, when he said come out from amongst them and be you separate, he's talking about their mindset, their philosophies, mm-hmm. such as Christianity and so on and so forth, because right now we're in captivity. We're in captivity. So, I mean, many of us, we still have to work in a society and so on and so forth. You got to go to work and deal with them. So, I mean, this is why, you know, Hamash Yach said, you know, um, <clears throat> be as, you know, wise as a serpent and harmless as the dove. So, I mean, we come out from okay. their philosophies, but we can't really physically. I mean, some of us, I mean, you have brothers that say, well, let's go to Israel and, and um, do this and that. I mean, but ultimately, I mean, the same man is ruling over there. Um, right. Now, brothers are saying that, well, I mean, we found the real Israel. But, I mean, ultimately, man, the, the same man is still ruling over there. Look what happened to Ben Ami, man. Brother went over there for years and years, and they still would not accept them as citizens unless, you know, um, their children, like, join the Israeli military and things like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. there's nowhere we can really go. Brothers want to run to Central, South America. Esau is controlling it, man. Many of us say they don't, but I, you can't tell me because I've been there, man. Now I was in this man's military. I've been all over. And ultimately, everywhere you go, those people that we called out at the beginning of the show is being oppressed. It's being oppressed on, on, on a mass scale level, man. So, I mean, no matter where we run, that Job 9.24 says the earth is given into the hands of the wicked. So wherever brothers think they're going to run to, I'm not quite sure. Maybe Khan Yakana got an answer. But where brothers running to, um, Yakana? Over there? Khan, One of the things when we look at Corinthians, we really have to appreciate um, when you're talking about being separate. When Apostle Shaul was speaking, were there Edomites or other 
other nations, even to the people of Corinth, the Hebrew people of Corinth? Well, the answer is yes, of course. So what he was really talking about was that of not not so much physical proximity, but had to do with what Kohan Tazadak brought out, the mindset. Even upon us leaving Egypt, the first thing that had to change was our mind. And the first thing that uh, the Most High gave us, without getting into too much detail, uh, was the law, statutes, and commandments that was the vehicle in which we would separate from them. So Passover was actually in, where was Passover? It was in Egypt. The first Passover was in Egypt. And so that mm-hmm. was the, the sign and the representation of passing over and coming out of them. But your first initial separation from these people are going to be in the land of your enemies. Deuteronomy twenty-eight forty-eight tells us, you know, that we're in the land of our enemies. And the Most High throughout the Scripture tells us to separate from people even though we were still, as far as physical proximity goes, we're right there with them. So even in ancient times, Israel did business with uh, the Edomites, but they were not joined on to them. Let me give you another example. You know, the heathen could eat roadkill, according to the Torah, but we weren't too. That's another aspect of being different. Um, when you look at, let's look at some of the, the East Indians that come over here to this country, are they all intermingled with these people? Of course not. When you see them at certain times, they, they're at Target, and they fill up the stores at certain times, and they have, they have their own little communities, even in uh, places in North Carolina, carry for one. You also see Chinatown. What the hell is Chinatown doing in uh, now? It's starting to overtake Harlem and flood over into Harlem. These are people that have their own cultures and have maintained uh, their nationality, even in the midst of the true vagabonds of the earth, which is the so-called white man. He's not where he belongs. He, you know, so what it is, long story in short, that is talking about systematically coming out of the corruption and being spared in the imminent day of judgment, just like we were in Egypt, uh, just like places like Sodom and Gomorrah. How far was Lot away when the Most High destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Gomorrah. It wasn't that far. No. So, you know, the physical proximity has little to do with it in the initial stages of separation. Con, yeah. Con, this is our brother Obadiah. Just a couple of scriptures here. James 4 and 4, uh, like the brothers was just saying, uh, like the priest was saying, you know, the whole world is influenced by Esau, so there's nowhere you're going to go on the planet to get away from this man as far as physical proximity. Even some of the places where we think our people is only our people, the government there is corrupt. And and it's still basically the same Gentile worldwide uh, mindset being promoted, you know, and being seen. So you would have to have a in your own self a, a heart change, you know, and that's where the scriptures talk about those things. Uh, like uh, how can a young man cleanse his way, taking heed to the word of the Most High, but all that's still in the midst of, uh, people doing bad and, you know, doing off stuff all around us. But James 4 and 4 says, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with the Most High. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of the Most High. And that, I mean, that's the globe. Because any anyone that's uh, participating in heathen practices, it's all the same thing. Or doing uh, things that are contrary to the Most High's law, statutes, commandments. And one more verse, Second Corinthians 6 and 14, and you were down at 17 a second ago, 
you step up a few verses, uh, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? So like Tazadot was saying, yeah, you could be on the job. It could be, you know, somebody or people that's around you, but you don't have to be, um, you know, Satan with them, you know, uh, discussing your personal life and things of that nature. You're just keeping it cordial and business-wise to do what you got to do. But you're still spiritually completely separated. I appreciate that. That that, that helped out a pretty good bit. Good to know uh, y'all brothers uh, teaching the words of truth. Uh, so Come. just don't so so just don't be equally yoked with them and pretty much uh, separate ourselves from them and, and just gather to get, gather together pretty much as a community of Israelites. Okay, because this was actually actually that was the law going back to Leviticus twenty and twenty four. But I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land. I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am Yahweh, your power, which have separated you from other people. So I mean, it's it's and like like the man of y'all was saying, we just practice practicing that here in captivity. But that's what it's gonna be, and that's what it was always intended to be for us to be separate. Right. I just want to say to the brother real quick. One of the things uh-huh. that we have to do is uh, unlearned behavior. You know, mm-hmm. they taught us this behavior. They taught us this mindset. So now, when looking at the scriptures and what the Most High wants us to do in the way of separation. Is it's a behavioral issue. We gotta mm-hmm. unlearn the behavior, and the way you unlearn behavior is stop behaving the way you have been with the people that taught you to behave that way. And that's why he tells us in Jeremiah ten and one, you know, learn not the way of the heathen. That's separation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Learning not, so we have to unlearn. That's part of that separation. Unlearning their ways, and you can't you can't unlearn their ways in church with them. You can't unlearn their ways when you, you know, you at basketball games with them and, and, you know, at the NBA, uh, you know, finals sitting in the bleachers or in the stands and doing all the things they do, you're not going to unlearn their ways. Listening to this music that they actually help promote to to destroy our people. So Mm -hmm. it, it deals with behavior. So behavior is also what will separate us. You know, you even go you go to the uh, gyms, you'll see the different times at these uh, so-called gymnasiums. You'll see all of the so-called Chinese, they're there together at certain times. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't, they don't work out with uh, Esau a whole lot, the so-called white man, because they have separated themselves even within this system. So it's behavior. Well, y'all gave me the answer I needed. Uh, just pretty much stay close to uh, Israel. Support support our people. Okay. That's right. All praise. Appreciate that, Tyler Doc. Come, come, come. I'm calling from Michigan. Calling from Michigan. You're unmuted. Um, what you have, huh? Call us from Michigan. Call from Michigan. Not responding. Um, 
Southern California. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, huh? Shalom. My name is Tariq El Shabazz, and I was uh, I've been listening to you, to you brothers for a couple of a couple of weeks now. I've been I've been in the truth. I just only for about a year or two. And I just wanted to add on. I, I I really appreciate that because I when I when you you know the the brother was just talking about separation and I I I normally go to um, I was thinking of Matthew twenty five thirty two when Amashak Yahushai says that we shall separate them one from another and I and it, and and when you talked about the you know even the in the gymnasiums with, you know, with China and stuff like that, with the Chinese. I remember that in high school. I remember when I was in high school in the, in the late 80s, I graduated in 89, they were just like that. You know, you, you, go, into, uh, you go into the, the uh, lunchroom and you, you, got the, you got the, you know, the, the white jocks in one area. Then you got, you know, the, even the white girls, all the white people's in one spot, Esau, and then you got, you know, Jake's on, on the other side. It's just like, it's still like that. But yet, you know, some kind of, some kind of fake business going on that they're not like that anymore, but they're still like that. I, I still, when I drop my daughter off, I still see that. Correct. Correct. I mean, New York City is like that. I mean, if you notice, man, the, the whole city is segregated. You know, everybody might go together and work. But, I mean, right. when they go back to the communities, you've got so-called Jewish community, you know, you've got West Indians communities, man. I mean, it's segregated. you got Dominicans in a certain area. It's segregated, man. Right. Right. I, I did have a question. It's a, a little different. I was looking at the the seven seals, and I never really understood which would come first when you're talking about Revelation 6. I know it's a big a, you know, a big topic on that one, but which, and what do you think, who, what comes first? Is it, would, would the chariots, would they come first and then deliver, uh, take us up and then destruction comes on the earth? Is that how, you know, the order is going to be? Revelation 6. When you want to address that, it's a little, you know, it's the, the Hebrew scholar oh, oh, on the phone. Oh, 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 off of the topic, but um, <laughs> he's not, he's not, I don't want to, man. Uh, All right, let's stay back on. I just, but it, it was a question that I always had, you know, in my head. But um, all right, you know, maybe another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes in kind of, you know, kind of deep. We'll probably end up getting into a whole different topic with that. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Huh. I will thank you, brothers. I, I really, you know, appreciate. Right. So, so it looks like you, it looks like you might have came out of Islam or something, brother. Just you know, based on the name, like you know, yes. El El Shabazz. I mean, you know, back in the day, I used to be in that. Man, I've been through all kind of different schools of thoughts. Nation of gods and earth. Um, yes. Nation of Islam, mainstream Islam. You know what I mean? Looking for the truth, man. That's me, Khan. I I was in the Nation of Islam in. 1990, I came in through uh, Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, and uh, I was in college at the time in New York. And then that's when, uh, then I believe it was 1994, five when Khaled, Dr. Khaled exited, and they had the whole situation with Farrakhan and 
I kind of seen on the inside what was going on. So I, you know, I left. I left, and then I, I you know, I just kind of left. And then I, I finally really, I was, I was kind of on the sidelines for a long time just reading and scripture, and then I just decided this is time for me to really just, I, I need to get into this. I need to really start studying and, and, and finding the truth. So I, I did go all around <laughs> the world, but I'm finally here. You know, praise, praise, yes. Yeah, yeah. He he used to come to the school sometime in New York, Dr. Collard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to come to the school sometimes in New York. So I mean, he was a lot more, um, um, you know, open and you know, fear kind of them. His mind really wasn't, you know, closed like that. He's just trying, but he's straight warrior, man. I I went to his um, a couple of his mods back in the day in Jersey, man. Right. In Trenton, I seen him a couple times in, uh, in in Trenton, down in Jersey, when I was caught up in um, Islam. He had a condo, and uh, that's right. That's that's yeah. He used to live in uh, in uh, yeah. It was in Trenton. Matter of fact, the you know the Esau was so devilish. They actually put his his apartment building on the front page of the the back page of of the Daily News when when he was going up against Giuliani, and they. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Hard, man, but that's what they yeah, did. I, I remember that. I, I was at that, that in '98. Right. I, I was there at the, um, you know, the, the Million Youth March. Right. Uh, when, they, when they was trying to spike us with the plane and all of that, I was right there, right by the stage, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. God, yeah. God. yeah, I mean, he, that brother, he got out and walked in the audience after that, you know? He's like, nah, Kali, don't do that. And Malik um, Zulu Shabazz was just coming up there. But yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah, I've been through that school of thought also. I just knew by the name, man, Shabazz, man. Huh. Yeah. Matter of fact, I still, like, whenever I go home, I still go to, um, you know, March number seven and get me about 10 bean pies, man. For real. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the bean pies <laughs> is good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, man. that one. <laughs> yeah, man. No, and nobody make him like Sister Willie Mae Muhammad, man. That's Those right. Yeah. People, man. <laughs> yeah. There was there was a sister, uh, Sister Bueller too. She was really good as well with that. Yeah. Con, con. But Kyle, Doctor Kyle, what I've seen, what I remember, and that's what he was was one that actually put me on to the Hebrew Israelites because I, you know, I had a couple of conversations with him about that. And he did say, brother, these are the real Jews. And they, that's the model. That's the model. I believe that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and I didn't know this at the time, but he mentioned something like that. Then I found out that he might've been part of the, the commandment keepers and, and whatnot, you know, so I said, "Wow, this is this is where it's all coming from." Yeah, he just kind of yeah, and Farrakhan, he, he you know he knows the truth. I just think he think he'll he'll lose too many followers or something. He knows the truth, man. He knows where it's all at, man. He does. He does. He knows. He does. But that that Scientology thing is uh, I don't know yeah. where he went. Yeah, yeah. Got, I don't know where the hell he going with that Scientology, man. Right. Um, yeah, call, call us from New York. Yeah, but thank you for um, tuning in, brother. Uh, Call from New York. You have any um, questions? Any feedback? Um, 
I guess not. Um, Michigan, caller from Michigan. You have any um, questions, any input, anything you want to bring to the core? What about West North Carolina? Caller from West North Carolina. Well, um, with that, um, is there anyone that actually have any um, question? Um, I guess I mean, no one has a question. We could um, how's it, Doc? I'm here. I'm listening, bro. I'm here. Farm to you. I'm listening. I'm, I'm here, bro. Yeah, Mike, yeah, you. Shalom. Shalom, shalom, brother. Yeah, I just want to talk about order, and it's like since okay. I've been uh, since I've been in this in this word and all this like there it just come it, it stands out a lot and just actually seeing like the order and how it is that we should be the total opposite of the way that I was raised. I know coming up, uh, my dad did 18 years prison. Seriously. Uh so just growing up without a father, seeing my mom working how she had to work. Me, you know, cooking, cleaning at an early age, six years old, like I'm yeah, I'm on it. Sports really like really what kept my head and got me through college to get me out of my situation and all. It was, it, it was that in the most high. And I started understanding that like, wow, this right here is my people in this Bible. Wow, huh. I'm not African. Wow, I'm not black. It's that understanding in the order, and it's like the most high, he aligns us to be exactly where we are, exactly when we need to be there, to help out in the situation, to, to get understanding, to give understanding, to be humble, to to do all things, and I'm I'm saying that. And, like, just reading these precepts and these scriptures and being on, like, this is, like, this is my church. This is my, 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 my get right, my, my reprove, my, my, yeah, like this right here is what what it's all about. Like being able to get on these scriptures and all, like to better ourselves to build one another up, to better Perfect. edify one another. I just want to say like yeah, just seeing that order and all. Like at work, I have a hard time at work with this full beard on my face. <laughs> they hate it, and I and Perfect. it took me a while to understand that me just being who I am. Oh right. man, they hate it. They hate it. Just by walking in the door, they hate it. And I see it. And I see now yep. that everything is wrong, or my tone is wrong. My, But but I'm being polite to you. I am, you know, following the system, how y'all want to play it and all that, and they hate it. But then yeah. down in Alabama, what they do is they put somebody who look like you above you. But the thing is, order, once again, you got nothing but women over me. Yeah. We actually had the the right order. That alignment was right how it should be. More men out working, taking care of that home. Things of that such, and yeah. More of us actually have what it is that we need to have. But we just gotta keep doing I feel what it is that we're doing right now, building upon this word so we can raise ourselves up this generation and future generations. You know what I mean? I'm done with that. 
Uh, Kwam, Yashar Allah. Kwam, Kwam. Hey, this is our brother Obadiah. I just want to uh, put a comment out there. This is something I was uh, meditating on as I was listening to Mikey. Uh, um, one of the things that I had to, that I've learned too, working in the job, you know, out there working in the field, is that not to expect Esau and his uh, setup to to operate according to the scriptures. You know, you, over time you just begin to learn kind of your enemy's maneuvers. And you start learning things about him. And according to the scripture, he is completely adverse to the most high in every way. So like like when you're on a job, don't even don't be surprised when this man doesn't doesn't operate with order. Because really the order, like uh the order of the scriptures, first Corinthians fourteen forty, let all things be done decently in order, is really speaking to the Israelites. That's who it's really speaking to is speaking to us. Because the Most High gave us the law, statutes, and commandments, and we represent order in the earth, not the nation. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna—that's where it's gonna come from, coming from us. So you know, a lot of times when we're on a job, we're there because the Most High may have us there to provide for you know our basic needs, just a job, and some instances to speak to other people. But it's to be an example of Him, you know. And we represent that order in the earth. And one more verse: Colossians two and five. It says, for though, this is Paul, for though I be absent in flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, joining and beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in the Messiah. Because that's, that's where it's at. You know, as far as we're concerned, we display the order. We're the ones that show forth the most high true character. You know, the heathen, they're just doing what they normally do, run things chaotic, run stuff all out of whack, you know. And and then all day long you're just walking around. Why they do that like that? It don't make no sense to you, but because it's not. To be honest with you, it's really not supposed to. Because right. we're the ones that represent order. You know what I'm saying? We're the only ones that do things right in the earth because we got the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. That's right. And when you do the things that the the Scripture tells us to do, you automatically become separate. You automatically, that separation right there, whenever you do what the Most High asks you to do, and who are the first people we separate from? Like the scriptures say, uh, Hamashiach, a prophet, is not uh, respected in his own hometown, man. So the first people that you separate from is actually your own family members. That's the judgment uh, starting with, with your own people. So, you know, we shouldn't have a problem with being separate. Uh from other people because coming into this truth, you, the first people you separate from is mother, father, sister, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, that that comes with it. Correct. Hallelujah. Praise the most high. Once again, uh, I got questions about the, because uh, I know we on this Roman calendar. So, uh, give me some scripts on that, on the, uh, as far as the, 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 the changing of the, the time and all, and how we're supposed to keep time. Done. Uh, do, uh, Daniel 7 and 25, as far as the changing of it, the changing of time, this brother overdied, the changing of time, is uh, Daniel 7 and 25. 
Priest of the Most High, you got something to say for that? Yeah, I mean, well, you can look at the uh, beginning of time when you're dealing with the book of Exodus 12 and what the Most High gave us concerning uh, how to tell time. Uh, also, you said this will be the beginning of your months. Uh, matter of fact, we're, I'm glad you said something because we're actually in the, the Feast of Purim. This is actually the seventh day of the of the month of Adar in Hebrew, but it's, the, it's called the 12th, I believe that's the 12th uh, moon. Is that correct, Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, in the twelfth so, move right now. Right now, so that's the way according to the scriptures. One hundred four Psalms one hundred four and nineteen. Yeah, I'm actually in the car. I don't have my scripts for me. I'm just this coming off the top of my head. But um, all phrases Psalms one hundred four and nineteen. Can you grab that over, Doc? Yes, sir. Yeah, Psalms 104 and 19. He appointed the moon for season. The sun knoweth his going down. So, and then when you go back to uh, Genesis, um, it tells you, you know, as far as the, the stars, the suns, he gave us all these things to be able to to tell time. They're actually signs. So that Psalms uh, 104 and 19, he's telling you that he pointed uh, the, the Kodash, or the Kodesh, which is the, the moon, to determine how we would count our days. So that's, uh, you know, over centuries, the calendars have changed. So we're presently following a Gregorian uh, Julian calendar of our oppressors. Because going back to that Daniel 725, he would look to change times and laws. So, um, you know, just to answer your question kind of briefly, we're, the way we tell time now has been handed down to us, and again, that goes back to the behavior. Most of the things that we've learned to do, they have programmed us to think this way. They got daylight saving time, they add time, uh, but he, the way he works, he always cloaks himself uh, alongside the truth. So there's some validity to how they tell time. They use uh, the what you would call the luminaries in part but they don't do it in totality according to the scriptures. And that's why Obadiah, Kohan Obadiah was saying, you can never expect this man to do it because he just won't. These law, statutes, commandments are not for you. He is adverse, completely adverse. Anytime you deal with Psalms 83, he said, let us cut them off from being a nation so the name of Israel will be no more. I believe that's uh, one through four. But, I mean, how wicked you got to be to do that? So everything is out of whack because of him. I mean, you got animals that run from this man. So, you know, as far as the time goes, we have to go back. And uh, it, it, this could take, this is a, a pretty extensive teaching. But just those are some of the key points, starting at Exodus 12 and uh, Psalms 109. I believe it's also 104 and 19, and also in Genesis, where is that uh, Obadiah in Genesis, where it talks about the firmaments and all those in the sky. Uh, I think it's right there. Hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, like the priest was saying, we it's a it's a lot of scripture to, to get into that. But uh, I think it's one. Really, the first chapter. If you read the first chapter, it'll go into that. Right, and remember the lights, the firmaments, and yeah. that's something that we have to take a look at because that's what he gave us to to tell time. So now people don't even, you know, we depend, here's a prime example, we depend on the weatherman and what he says to tell us 
so much so that we won't go outside and see what the weather is. Cause that's really what it'll tell you. We trust in what he said. And before we go outside and look, we automatically say, it's going to be cold today. It's going to sleet and rain today. And this man is starting. Man, he can't, he can't, he doesn't know what he's doing. We're supposed to have sleep today. Huh. We're supposed to sleep uh, or tomorrow or sometime yep. this evening. And, and it's, it's 75 degrees out here. <laughs> I like to make too. Just a, just want to read something, man. I got this uh this World Almanac, right? And Book of Facts, all right. And one of the things they put here under the calendar, it says the Julian calendar. I'm just gonna read just a little part here. The Julian calendar, under which all Western nations measure time until 1582 CE, was authorized by Julius Caesar in 46 BCE. It called for a year of 365 and one-fourth days, starting in January with every fourth year being a leap year of 366 days. And then it just goes all into this uh, dissertation about how the calendar just kept on changing and, and, you know, changing around, flipping around and doing different things. It says the Gregorian calendar was adopted at once by France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Luxembourg. Within two years, most German Catholic states, Belgium, parts of Switzerland, and they were brought under the new calendar. Hungary followed in 1587 and the rest of the Netherlands among the Denmark and the German Protestant states made the changes in 1699 through 1700. And the British government adopted it, and that's how we eventually got it, but the British government adopted the Gregorian calendar and imposed it on all its possessions, including the American colonies, in 1752, decreeing that the day following September 2nd, 1752, should be called September 14th, a loss of 11 days. So if that ain't the change in the times, I don't know what is. And I'm going to read uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel 725, just to, just to reel it, to read it. But that's what the prophecy said, Daniel 7 and 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and time and a dividing of time. And when you go to Exodus, the 12th chapter, and just start reading Exodus, just read Exodus 12, it will tell you the Most High told Moses this will be the beginning of months for you. And then uh, on the 14th day of the month, as you know, we have Passover. But that's actually the first month of the year. So we about to come up right now on our first month. You see what I'm saying? The first, we about to come up on the first month. And Passover, which is in April, you know, what most people consider to be April, but that's not what it actually is. But what, what they say is April is actually the first month of the year for us. And that's going to be at the, fourth, at the 15th day of the month. A 14th day of the month and sundown is Passover. But that's the actual month it starts. So you want to note that if you want to just keep up with it, you know, keep up with it and know what you're tracking. But like the priest was saying, it's a, to really teach this, I mean, we can't just do it in a couple of minutes online on this. I mean, we got to, it'll be a whole, like, sit-down teaching. And I know you out in uh, Alabama, but if you ever get up this way, then we'll get up. But, it, it you know, it, it's a full teaching on 
the calendar. The calendar, how it was changed, manipulated. The priest got a lot of other factual information that he could bring out. It's a lot of information about the calendar. That's right. We're Right now we're presently in, uh, this is the 14th day of the 12th month, and it's always going to be a full moon. So if you look out the sky right now, you see the full moon, if you can see the moon, if it's visible where you are. But that's where how it would always be. Yeah, that's why it's a full moon at Passover. It's a Passover every year. It's a full moon if it ain't cloudy. And uh, and then when you do the Feast of Ingathering at the end of the year, when you are supposed to be out in your super for those seven days, it's a full moon. You know, it's specifically set up uh, that way from the most high. That's right. And you'll always be in the right season. You know, you got some camps that celebrate Passover. They don't have their Passover in the dead of winter. So, uh, <laughs> what? You know, yeah, yeah. You got people that, some brothers have already, I'm not going to name any names, but when we get off and try to trust Esau to tell us the right time, he's going to have you off. So, the Most High made it very simple and he gave it to Israel. But if you depend on these people, to get you straight as far as your feast days and things like that. Uh, when these are recent calendars, I mean, essentially we still got the same calendar in the 10th century, which dealing with our, you know, our oppressors. Even in Egypt, we were under the the, the hard, strict regiment of Pharaoh and uh, what they followed in terms of their calendar. That's why the Most High had to give us a new one. So whatever Egypt we found ourselves in, whatever condition of slavery, that's what that word means, we would find ourselves in, we would have to relearn, uh, you know, laws, statutes, commandments, and definitely times, which the times are essential to keeping laws, statutes, and commandments. So, you know, we're in a nutshell, that's that's what it is. But, uh, you know, I know we got off topic. Not too many people asking questions. But, uh, yeah, we, we'll be more than uh, excited to get up with you. And uh, But it, this is a, almost a series. Come, come. Hey. Come. Hey, let me, uh, can everybody hear me? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, definitely uh, for the young but ask the questions. Uh, he, need, he need to go research uh, Tobias. Uh, find out who Tobias was because Tobias and Cain Antinachias, uh, first Maccabees, already seventh Maccabees, uh, force us to change the way we worship and keep the feast days. You can look at um, first Mac- Second Maccabees chapter six and verse seven. And when we went into the captivity of the Greeks and Romans, we were forced to to abandon our laws and our culture. So I would suggest to uh, uh, Mike, uh, uh, find out who the Bible was. Um, Study the uh, the Maccabees and see what these people did. Uh, that's a great that's a great man. That Shia's right on with that one. That's uh, six, that second Maccabees six six through nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, where they changed that and uh, also first Maccabees forty one through six. Also, yep. yeah, that's that's a great place to read them in the Maccabees. It'll show you where they, uh, you know, forced us, you know, forced us to change our laws. Yeah. Con, beautiful, beautiful. Yep, con. When he's saying, uh, I, I like to read back in Isaiah a lot as well. Uh, Isaiah 45, 
43. That's right, what I like to go through pretty much whenever just awakening my people and all, because uh, a lot of this, he say, like we are called by his name. He say, and I will give thee the treasure of darkness and the hidden riches of the secret places that thou may knowest that I, the Most High, uh, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel, Yasharallah. All right, so he say that there. He said again in uh, verse 20, uh-huh. uh, 19 and 20, pretty much, uh, where he say, uh, in 20, he say, assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations, that they they have no knowledge, that they set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. That's right. <laughs> he tells uh-huh. us all through that, going over again to uh, 48. One, hear, hear ye this, O house of Jacob, Yahweh, which are called by the name of Israel, Yasharallah, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Most High, and make mention of the God of Israel, but mm-hmm. the truth, but not in truth, nor in righteousness. Uh-huh. All through here, I just feel like he, he's telling us exactly who he is, and the only thing we got to do is just hearken into the voice of the Most High. Come on. That, 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 that inside voice that's talking to us, telling us, so, hey, this right here is the way to go. That's right. Now, that Isaiah 48 and 1 is a key verse. At the latter part of that, he said, you calling on me, but not in truth and not in righteousness. And that's and that's a, a important point because a lot of brothers, a lot of brothers don't adhere to the latter part. <laughs> you know, you can't just call on them and not keep what he says. You got to do what he says. But if you get to the 10th verse of that same Isaiah 48, he says, behold, I have refined thee. Not with silver, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. That affliction, when you look it up, that's even talking about bad or trouble. The word, the word only in Hebrew literally means depression. So trouble. So you know, and it's just saying that certain things that we're going to go through as Israelites, but He's still expecting us to do something. And when you when you do a lot of study on that, He always keep reiterating He's the mighty one of Israel. He always says that a lot. Because, uh, and I'm not going to go into it now, but we were created uh, specifically to serve him and to put forth his character and his witness in the earth. And there's about seven different things we are to him. I'm just going to name them, not to hog up time. But I just wanted to put that emphasis on it just so you know why he, why it's always repeated like that. But we're his, uh, we're his elect, not of the whole wide world. We're the only ones. We're the elect. He calls us Segula and uh and uh, Segula means a special treasure in the ancient Hebrew. He calls us his chosen. He calls us his children. <laughs> I mean, we're his servants. We, and then, I mean, it's scripture for every every one of those. It's like seven or eight different things that we all that we are unto him that no other group of people on the planet is. So when he says, "I'm your mighty one," that's why he's saying it like that. You know, I'm the mighty one of Yashaal, not everybody, but but y'all, because I made y'all. You know, from the womb, uh, from from the inception or conception, you know, you all belong to me. So that's why he keeps saying it so much. And that's why we're in so much trouble when we don't do keep his word. That's right. 
it's only favor in doing what the Most High has asked us to do. If, if we don't do that, then we're not going to receive the favor that comes with keeping the ordinances. That's why he tells us in Jeremiah 31, 35, let's say if Yah, which gives us the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night. So they work synonymously, which divided the sea when the waves there are war. Yah hosts is his name. But, I mean, his name is not in there, and he's associating it with, uh, his ordinances and the instruction on how to tell time just for nothing. I mean, you know, for us to just take it lightly. So, you know, when you look at the book of Psalms 136 and 9, the moon and the stars are ruled by night, for his mercy endure forever. So there's a reward with doing it the way he said do it. So, uh, you know, that's why it's worthy of research, like uh, Maury Shael is telling you to go ahead and look you know, get some uh, foundation and uh, even some historical proof where it's been changed. And that's why a lot of our people, that's the problem with our nation, they don't believe that they're blind. That's the deception. They believe that I'm all right and that what I'm doing is fine because it seems to be working. Yeah. And, and that's that's one of the greatest deceptions, man. That's why, you know, Revelation 12, 9, especially that Satan deceives the whole world, man. And that's the separation. We and the only way you'll see clear to even separate is first obey these commands. That's why everything goes back to keeping the commandments. Because if you don't keep the commandments, you're not gonna live for long. The life that was there for you, uh, that eternal life, that existence of rulership and reigning and authority, all those promises in the scripture, no man. That's why he said, let the dead bury the dead, man. Them folk gone, man. Them, them people gone, you know. And we're trying to resurrect dead people, man. And that's not the resurrection that Hamashiach was talking about, resurrecting Esau, and, you know, resurrecting Ham. No, we got to get up. I mean, that's for us. Yep. Ah. Uh. All right. Well, with that, brothers... I'm going to say Shalom, uh, Asher, Perrine, uh looking forward to, for those that are coming on, on my call tomorrow, uh, we're having a great time in Yahweh, Yahweh Shah, Yahweh Shah, Mashiach, Yahweh Shah, Baraka, Thum, Shalom. 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 Brother Obadiah signing out. Shalom to everybody. Shalom. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.